If I had to describe the last year uh, in a few words or less, I would really just say we were forever changed. Hello, my name is Clinton Otwell. I work at Public Works in the director's office, and I wear a lot of hats, but I am um, the deputy director of finance, admin, and IT's assistant, as well as just general director office staff. You know, we're never going to be the same as we were. We're always evolving, but this is one of those life-changing moments, and except it's not really a moment, it's been like a slow crawl, <laughs> walk of this thing that's just kind of been over us. This year really changed a lot about my perspective and particularly how much we need people and how much we need each other. It also made me realize how when I got the job with the city and they said disaster service worker, I didn't really know what that meant. I had in the back of my head, it was going to be an earthquake. I was going to be out standing by a, a, a road sign or something and helping out and just kind of doing whatever I envisioned an earthquake shutdown would be like. I had no idea what a pandemic would be like. I don't really know if I have a better understanding of what a pandemic means. I think I'm still processing. I think we're still going through it and I think we'll probably be going through it for quite a while. I think it does mean, well, I hate cliches, but stop and smell the roses seems to always come to mind uh, because I just want to appreciate those little things that we took for granted in the last year, like being together with your coworkers and having a birthday party or uh, being with your friends and being close. Like I, I never realized human contact, physical contact. I never considered myself a touchy feely person per se, but like, I'm going to be hugging a lot of people when this is over. The first person I'm going to hug is my mom. Um, I don't have, uh, I don't have the hallmark relationship with my mom that, that, that the people that make mother's day cards sell, <laughs> but, uh, you know, being the a gay son and the one that doesn't have any kids, um, we have a we've we have had a strained relationship, but it's gotten so much better over the years. And I was home when she was going through cancer, so that really strengthened our relationship. And my sort of pandemic issue has been all along since it very first started was uh, if and when I'll be able to get to see my mom before she passes. She's a super high risk person. She's got all the risk factors you can imagine. And she's been isolated and she's all the way in Kansas. So not being able to see my mom uh, has uh, <clears throat> has been pretty, really difficult living all the way out in California and being away from them. I would usually see them three to four times a year, but just my age and their age, it's always sort of playing in the back of my mind that she's not in great health. The pandemic just really amplified that. 
the biggest burden for me is, will we get to a place where I can see her safely? And now, thanks to the vaccination, I have an opportunity to see her, and I will be doing that soon. The one thing I, I do really think about is, you know, complaining about the pandemic or complaining about how this has all changed our lives. Um, I've been really sensitive to that because uh, you don't have to walk but five feet anywhere in the city and see someone who you know is is struggling worse than you are. Uh, it makes you grateful for your job. It makes you grateful for your friends, your family, your security. It is it is frustrating when you hear someone complain about something that is minor and then in the next conversation you're hearing something very very dire and upsetting someone's you've got COVID or got a family member that has COVID that's you know lost their job or a family member that's lost your job or a, a, a kid uh, that's at home in really bad condition um, one of the things that has really I've really worried about is I'm domestic uh, domestic violence liaison for the department. And I, I really worry about people that are in abusive situations are now stuck at home. So one of the things that has, I've been told is like, whenever you're feeling yucky, if you will try to think about someone else instead of thinking about yourself or try to do something for somebody else. And that's been sort of a coping mechanism. Let me just take myself out of the situation and go I don't know, go carry someone's groceries or go call an old friend or just check on somebody, but just take yourself out of the situation in the moment is kind of how I tried to cope. I don't know how long I'm going to be able to keep that up, but I'm trying to just say, you know what, we, we aren't really well equipped to deal with this. And this is a once in a lifetime thing. And we just have to deal with it. Everyone has to deal with it in the best way they know how. I think that I'm just still processing everything. One thing that I did take away that I'm gonna keep is that you have to really just respect people where they are and what they can handle in the moment. And we've all had to face some of our, our issues, if you will, but we've had to do it while there's a pandemic going on. So it's just like, when you think you can't have more on your plate, uh, just stick around. You'll you'll find out that you will get more on your plate. So um, I guess it's made me more cautious and more um, more nervous about things that possibly could be coming down the road. I mean, we could have another pandemic. We could have another variant. Um, but we are capable of handling what's thrown at us in the face of bad things. I mean, that's, that's what I've learned, especially my, my city coworkers and my colleagues. I mean, a lot of people, you know, had to become reclusive or be depressed or something. And we didn't really have that. We didn't have that option. We just had to go out and do our jobs and, and get, do the best we can with what we have. So being an essential worker uh, really opened my eyes to all the things that the city does just on a regular basis. And then during the pandemic, you know, it even grows from that. Early on last year about, 
sometime in April of last year, uh, I was deployed to San Francisco General to work in the supply uh, warehouse or supply room, uh, medical supplies. Um, and that was really eye-opening and I, I met some great people. And like I said, it made me realize how important the work is we do every day, not just during a pandemic. One of the things I would put in a time capsule this year that I would fondly remember is the moment that I decided I'm going to own not one, but two bicycles. And even though I don't have room in my apartment, um, my bicycle broke down and they told me it'd be a month to, uh, to get it repaired. And I said, you know what? I think I have got to a point now where if I want to buy a brand new bike, I'm going to buy a brand new bike and I'm going to own two bikes. And I didn't know that that would make me feel that I would have so much joy out of owning two bikes. But I mean, I've geeked out in terms of like calling the new building management and asking if I could have two bicycle tags because one day I'll ride one and one day I'll ride the other. I didn't even know I was a bike person until they told me it was going to be a month for my bike to get returned. So that's been interesting and fun. And <laughs> I'm forever now somebody who's going to have a couple bikes. Uh, so that would be in the time capsule. And then the other thing is um, I, I took some great walks um, in lieu of meetings with my boss because we don't live too far apart. And during those walks, it was it was nice to be outside. It was nice to be able to still be close to each other. And, and uh, I've had some, some just some great meetings with my uh, boss. And so I have a picture from uh, one of the top of the hill vistas, and uh, I'll definitely put that in the time capsule. There has been a few really great things that have come out of the pandemic, some silver linings, I guess, if you will. And one personally for me is uh, I live in a building that has about 50 residents and we've all kind of leaned on each other and created this sort of community. And we have a rooftop uh, area that used to be tennis courts. And then of course the building sunk. And so they're not really tennis courts, but it's a giant area with green AstroTurf. And then a group started restoring some of the uh, furniture that was up there that was old. And then people started uh, paying attention to the plants. And so they started redoing the plants. And then it kind of developed into, you know, when the sun came out, we would work on our tans. And then the older uh, gentleman uh, started doing happy hour there. And then it was almost happy hour every day at 4.30. And so it really kind of evolved over time and and we've all agreed that none of us in non-pandemic times we just would might say hi to each other in the laundry room or might say hi to each other at the uh at the mailbox and uh, it's been very interesting and it's it's connected people that would not have normally been connected one of the things that that's happened with my uh, my faith or my spirituality, if you will, religion. I did grow up Lutheran, and uh, Father Cameron, who lives in our building, is is a former priest, but he's also a gay man who's married and left the left the Catholic Church and went on to become an Episcopal priest or Episcopal. I'm not sure what the proper word is for Episcopal, but he's able to be gay and have his faith, which is something a lot of gay men don't really get to 
do. You know, they kind of think you, you have to be gay and then religion and your faith kind of goes away. And uh, it's been nice to see Father Cameron blend those two of being a, you know, being an out gay man that is completely dedicated to his faith. Um, and so that's given me hope because I, I was raised in the church and I, you know, do uh, follow a lot of the, the tenets of our faith. And uh, so it gave me hope for uh, maybe, you know, re-engaging more and making my mother feel like I'm not a heathen. So it's a win-win. <laughs> The big silver lining is that we need human contact. We need each other. Uh, whether we believe it or not, we absolutely need each other. And so hopefully we'll be more diligent about taking the time for those, you know, personal and interpersonal relationships, you know, the one-on-one -on -one time. I'm Clint Notwell. Thanks for listening to Snapshots. Still We Rise, a public works podcast. Thank you.